Yes, and that's a great way to kick off the 51st episode <laughs> Ooh, of my the Overclock. Is showing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it, it's showing. It's, it's shown over the last couple of weeks, Kevin. <laughs> Only because we're discussing TVs. Okay, fine. Cool. I am Lindsay Shooters, that opinion guy across the internet, sharpshooters on social media, and I am here with, as always, the editor of Tech Magazine, biggest consumer technology magazine in oh, the country. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Gavin he's, Dudley, how yeah, are you doing? He's a paid brand ambassador, folks. <laughs> <laughs> you need to pay me more. <laughs> well, so he'll start bad-mouthing us. Yeah. Uh, Gavin, Overclock Podcast, comes to you in three, <laughs> three segments. <laughs> We try and keep it as short as possible. We actually managed to pull it in under 30 minutes last week. We've had two weeks of like over under 30 minutes, yeah. which is great. We contextualize it for South Africans. This is the most accessible consumer technology podcast you will get in this country. Yeah, the whole cool. idea is that in as short a time as possible, we want to deliver you as much valuable information, which is why we don't spend a long time introing the show. But yes. there it is now. Cool. So... Uh, if you in South Africa, you're probably listening to this on a Android phone. And Google yes. has just dropped its naming scheme, which it used to name it after desserts and stuff. I'm actually uh, like quite distressed eh, about all this. And I, I, I totally acknowledge that it totally makes sense. So if, uh, if you're unaware, all the uh, first versions of Google were all named after different desserts. So the fourth version was the letter D, which was Donut. The yeah. letter E was Eclair. The well, that was actually F, that was the second version. That was like two, two point something. Two yes. Point, well, yeah. well, they kept naming them after different desserts. The last few have been pie, have been marshmallow, have Oreo, been Oreo. Kit we had Kat, a Kit Kat. Was, yeah. We had honeycomb. Lollipop. We had, yeah. We had we had ice cream sandwich at one stage, which yes. is one of my favorite things. Um, these are all the different versions of Android, which was a convenient way of referring to them. Instead of calling it version seven point two, you know, you could call it lollipop or whatever. Um, and now they're dropping that. And one of the reasons for that is interesting. It's a cultural reason. Because lollipops are not equally relevant all over the world. And as the head honcho for Android pointed out, things like uh, lollipop, for example, or eclairs or donuts, don't have nearly as much cultural impact, let's say, in India or in Brazil, yeah. where the population of Android users is far bigger in America where they're into, you know, Kit Kats and donuts and things. So they decided that the dessert thing was becoming too culturally problematic and divisive and they've just moved now on to names. It just happens to coincide with Android version 10, yes. which is the letter Q, yeah. which is quite hard to figure out desserts for. But they, they, had, just, they had a they Spanish name actually. Oh really? Yes. Again, here's a case of where but all of us like will have, like what the hell is that? Baseball sort of stuff. <laughs> okay, so, so, uh, so going forward, Android will just have regular names and the first one up is Android 10. 10, which is due out in October, something uh, like that? Yes, with mm. the new Pixel. But there's mm. talks of them releasing it to the Pixel phones on September 3rd, actually. There okay. was a report today. Well, it's, it's expected to be a big update, but to be honest, we have outlined what to expect from this in-tech magazine, and it didn't seem so outrageously, excitingly different to what had gone before. Slightly I am excited gestures for and so on. a universal desktop mode. 
which is similar to what Samsung does with Dex and Huawei does with their desktop mode. Is that promised? I didn't it's see that. It was promised. It was in the code. People have played with it. Mm. Someone's been trying to port it as a separate app, but he said he'll only do it when Google releases it. What? And then Google turned around and said, no, that was only for developers to uh -huh. kind of pre-flight their Android I apps. I see, to test it. Okay. <laughs> so what Lindsay's referring to is where you plug your phone directly into a monitor and then you add keyboard and mouse and actually use the phone as a proper computer with a proper big screen that normally requires a whole separate operating system to run but on the screen thing, you're Gavin, working do on. people actually care about mm. the android <coughs> version that they're running yeah i didn't used to care you always used to splinter this yes. thing oh it's version 9.1.2 which has got the enhanced gestures yeah. i would have no idea most of the time <laughs> what version of android i was running and then i recently reviewed a phone whose name I'm not going to throw out because it's like throwing it under the bus. It's a very old version of Android. It was absolutely infuriating trying to get anything to work. You forget how far Android has come yep. over the last three or four versions. Because we use new phones all the time, for us it's a small incremental change each time we use a new Android. This was like going back four or five years in but Android I, history I, and it was impossible to get anything done for me. It was infuriating. I have some personal experience. Uh, my mother-in-law, she's in her 60s. Uh, she has an LG G7 ThinQ oh, and it good. just got the Android Pie update. Okay. And then I changed mm. her navigation buttons to the, to the new pole. system. Yeah. Ah. And it's been life-changing for her. It's been as an improvement. As an improvement, yeah. Okay, it took me a while to get used to that, actually. It, just mm. off, it gives her back some more space on her screen. Mm -hmm. And okay. it's just a simpler way of interacting with things. Gestures so, for the win. I mean, so it is frustrating for people who are just using their phone as a tool. They're not using their phone as a big fun time. It's just a tool. It is frustrating when the tool suddenly starts working differently to how it's supposed to. You know, this is a hammer that you have to use to screw in yeah. screws with. It's kind of oh, very frustrating. Well, I think but if you, if you can, over the last yeah, three if you can see a way clear to change with the times, you are actually getting benefits even though it just seems like an unnecessary change at the time okay cool in more google news google is now the third biggest vendor of smart speakers because baidu the chinese company which is kind of like amazon but in china but only like for tech stuff i think okay so they have their own smart speaker <coughs> vibes and then amazon is the top dog because Amazon Alexa products and yeah. they echo at least the echo yes. line is 25% of the smart speaker market yes yes they're yeah. the, the so Baidu is now the second biggest and Google has slipped down to third yes. and then the others I guess the, <laughs> the point there. is that of all these other people who are making smart speakers Lenovo and Gazillion others they're all using the Google system so yeah. or Amazon the, sometimes yes at the operating system level it's really just still a two horse race yeah. with Apple coming in third with its, its much maligned Siri system but really it's Google Assistant and uh, Amazon's Alexa. You don't have a smart speaker, you I do not. Why? I cannot find a use for it. Um, I mean, I've had a couple of speakers that actually have Google Assistant functions built into yeah. them. I tried to use them just to control the damn speaker, like volume up and volume down. I couldn't even get that right, you know. So, you must enunciate better. Yeah, but also just speaking aloud in an open space when you're surrounded by your family members. It's kind of like weird. It's like. You know, um, I've, I've actually had Google, to please play Rainbow's Stargazer on Spotify. It's like just weird saying that stuff when with two or three taps on my phone, I can get that to happen, you know. Yeah, but what if you are, your hands are busy or something? You just want to set a timer for something? No, 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 no. Okay, you're baking. Okay. I, know you got a, I know you've got a Google I speaker a Google couple of I have Google months Home. ago. Now tell us about all the things you're doing with it, Lindsay. And don't lie. It cause collects I can tell. a lot of dust. Uh, yes. Um, and it's exactly. put in a position where the... The, the lady who cleans can't get to actually so it collects a lot of dust 
um, if I manually need to set the volume, yeah. then it kind of makes a little ring. <laughs> in <laughs> it's, it's a bit disgusting, actually. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Veronica. I okay. did not mean to throw you under the bus there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, we, like on a Sunday morning, this past Sunday morning, my wife was busy cooking. I was trying to be helpful in the kitchen. My son was playing with his cars. My daughter was busy reading. And I just put on some music that I enjoyed. And, and just how did you put that music on, Lindsay? Um, I actually did it because I needed something very specific. So did you tell your speaker to go and find it? No, you tapped on your phone. I'm telling you now, don't lie. I yes, but I, I was setting a specific playlist. Oh, I see. Which yes. you tapped on the phone and for. And then I cast it to the, the Google Home speaker. Yeah, you don't need a smart speaker for that. Just about any speaker will do that. Yeah, but it's mm. always on. Like, I don't have to go retrieve the Bluetooth speaker mm. or, like, check if it's charged <coughs> or do all these things. It's okay. just always on, always connected to the internet. And I have oh. asked it in the past to, like, play things mm. for me. And I check the weather with it if the kids need something. Or okay, so give us an example. Of checking the weather, Lindsay. Give us an example. You're going. Uh, yes. Hey. Google. Okay, Google. Um, <laughs> What's the okay, weather Google, like today? What is the weather like yeah. today? Or right. what, when is it going to rain? Or something like, do I need uh, a jacket? Or okay. Or one of those things. It's did the Springboks win last night? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This. Okay. This is the. This. These are the sorts of things that get okay. asked all the time. And it will say. I have got a web page showing the Springbok results from last night. Can no. I send it to your phone? You know, there's kind of. Oh, I've thank you very much Google for nothing. Enough. Uh-huh. To know what I want, no, and then no, you can also no. see it different profiles. So, like my wife has a profile, mm. and my mother-in-law has a profile. So that those two will all deliver different results. Okay. Um, if asking like personal questions, I can also ask it like what my calendar looks like, or but, when. But you don't in practice. That's the whole point. Is that you can do all these things, but you don't. You could ask it to get toilet paper ordered on take a lot and deliver to your house, but you don't because it's completely unnecessary. It's like solution but anyway, for a problem. It's just the thing okay, that so it's a really nice novelty. My my broader context for this is these speakers could be one of the hubs that uh, the hub for your smart home. You could in the future use it to set your alarm, I mean your, your burglar alarm. You could in the future use it to dim your house lights, to turn your lights on, to turn your lights off, to unlock your front gate. You could do that now if you buy the right yes. products to go with it. You know, so, but but um, what I'm saying is it could become mainstream for yeah. how we control our homes in the future. It's just that today South Africa is very, 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 very far away from that. Only 20 odd percent of people actually have broadband in their homes for starters, yeah. you know. Um, so, of those 20%, how many need to automate their home control? Probably Not 10%. Many, yeah. So, we're down to a handful of people. Maybe one day, these things will be important and relevant. But today, and for the foreseeable future, not a big deal. So, that brings us sweetly into, I upgraded my vote. Well, I, I renewed my Vodacom subscription. Mm. And I've changed it now to a 10 gig a month data plan for 150 rand a month. It's half of what my wife got for probably a hundred well, we discussed less. this last week. Yes, right? yeah, yeah, she got the 20 gigs a month one. I tried to get the 20, that promotion has ended. They could only give me the 10 gig one, 150 bucks. I think it's a great deal. This is um, outrageous. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at 10 gig, you more or less don't have to think too much about your data expenditure. Yes. Unless you do something particularly foolish. Yes. You can just download whatever you want, whenever you want. You can watch whatever you want, whenever you want. Yeah, okay. So mm-hmm. now I'll be uploading my, my YouTube videos via my wife's package. Because... <laughs> <laughs> we only have ADSL, which is quite oh, see, one, right, one right. megabit per second mm, up, which mm, is uh, uh, painful. All right. And so much to do with that over LTE. Mm. Uh, but I was just thinking about, like, is 10 gigabytes enough for me? I, yes, I, I go through probably about 5 gigs right now. Okay, man, I remember the days when 300, uh, 300 meg. meg would get me through a month. 
and then it went up to one gig. I remember when one gig got me through a yeah. month. Now two gigs is kind of running out by the yeah. middle of the month. Okay, I'm I'm probably not as crazy as you are, but, but you know. But then that, that that speaks to like other <coughs> things. Um, I was I was with somebody and they were marveling at something I did on my phone mm. and I showed them how to do it on their phone and mm. they were like, wow, I never knew I could do that. Mm. And you get these people all the time where people buy these really expensive nah. devices mm. and they don't use more than maybe 5% yeah, of what the, the device yeah, can yeah, yeah. actually do. This is actually, I mean, this is the mantra of Tech Magazine is, you know, do not buy things you do not need. Get more out of what you've yeah. got. But again, we have to acknowledge that in South Africa, things like phones in particular are like just loaded as a status symbol beyond yeah. comprehension, you know, and it's so unfair to people that people are paying off phones at 500 and 600 rand a month for stuff they don't need, man. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, so moving directly into the next segment, mm. how to. Kevin, uh, so I'm something's been bugging me. Okay. <laughs> we've, we've, we've now moved straight over into OLED screens for everything. High-end mm. phones, if you bring out the LCD high-end phone nowadays, you can <coughs> laugh at by the tech community. Um, but OLED, OLED, has a little dirty secret oh. that I am quite sensitive to. Okay, Let, let's just remember that the, the technology for LCD and OLED are completely different. It's like, it's not like a petrol car and a diesel car. It's like a petrol car and a rowboat or whatever. They're just completely different technologies, fundamentally. Okay. Yeah, right. so the one uses a backlight. Um, yeah. to then it shines light through a form of pixels yeah. to make the picture. The other one sends current through the layer of pixels to make them change yes. color. All right. So OLEDs are the ones that send the current through the pixels to each individual pixel. Mm -hmm. Each individual pixel gets lit up. But then when you dim it, what a lot of people do is they they don't cut the current. They don't reduce the current to the pixels because that then starts interfering with the quality of the display mm. so what they do is they just flash the pixels at a different frequency mm. so they'll modulate the pulse mm. of electricity that goes through them so you'll start to get that screen flicker mm. so what's happening is different pixels are going on and off at different times yeah. and that's what makes it dimmer they i think they're illuminating fewer pixels basically uh yes at, makes at a dimmer. time yeah yes. at a time um it's much harder to control the amount of current going to each individual yeah. pixel, as Lindsay pointed out. So they are dimming the image by reducing the number of pixels that are illuminated at any one so time. So this is called but pulse. But it, it causes yeah. it to flicker. Yeah, it's mm. called pulse width modulation. Okay, by, by flicker, we mean at an extremely high speed <laughs> that you can't really see, except that your brain can. Yeah, and your eyes can, <coughs> and it does cause eye strain in people and headaches and in certain people. For me, I get affected by it with eye strain. I've been running an experiment on myself for the last two weeks where I have switched over to my iPad in the evenings, um, or at least when the lights go over dim, because mm. my bedside light is one of those dimmer, like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's like more natural sort uh -huh. of color. It's not a white like LED sort of thing. Um, and I've been having a great time now. I haven't mm. had been having half as much eye strain. Uh, so this is you using your phone in bed. Yeah. Uh, and it's an OLED. Yeah, so yeah. I've changed to use my iPad, which is an LCD, mm. just to see if there was a oh, difference. difference right. Yeah, so okay. over the last three weeks, I've picked up the issues with the OLED, ah. then gone a week using the LCD, LCD, and then gone a week back on the OLED, mm. and then seeing the difference between right. them. Yeah. So I think Lindsay's point, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that the LCD, which most of us call LED, it's yeah. all the same thing. LCD and LED is the same technology, just using LEDs behind to make yeah. the light. Okay, so um, there the light shines through the form of pixels, so when they want to dim the picture, they simply dim the amount of light yes. that the LED is actually, they do, it's like, like a dimmer bulb in your house, you know, yeah. they're dimming the light. Yeah. 
with uh, OLED, they can't do that. They actually have to operate on the individual pixels, hence the flickering, etc. So. Yeah. So <coughs> then, what I also found in my research when I was looking at like what is causing this problem and all these things, I found that Apple, who uses the Samsung OLED panels, mm. they've built in, so they will reduce the current going to the pixels mm. up until about 35%, and mm. then after that they'll start modulating the, the pulse. Yes, you get the flicker after 35%. Yeah. As you get dimmer than 35% brightness, it uses the flicker system. Yeah. Yeah. But then what I found is also you can go into your settings, into your accessibility settings, your screen settings, and then reduce the white point, mm. which will be reducing the brightness of the, the mm. actual pixels in any case. So, so setting the white point is where you tell the phone, this is what I want you to call white. Yes. Okay, and then, then it calculates dimness from that yes. point onwards. Yeah. And that will allow you to then reduce that brightness without getting the flicker mm. to so around about 5%. So you, so you set your screen pretty dim and you tell it, this is what I want to be called white, yeah. except it's already pretty dim. Yeah. So then when it starts decreasing when it starts dimming on that, it doesn't uh, yeah. reach the flickering stage. Yeah. Okay. yeah, and I found that this actually affects me a lot more than the blue light does. So the, you need to understand, like, the, the, the night modes on screens nowadays, they just t cutting the blue light that mm. shines through. Yeah. And that is a problem in terms of, like, how your body winds and down. circadian rhythm, yeah. Circadian rhythms and those sorts of things. And then it's a little bit easier on the eyes as well. Mm. Uh, but there's this flicker problem that still exists mm. even though you are doing that. So to do that, if you're on an iPhone, an iPhone with OLED screen, so iPhone 10, iPhone 10s, and the upcoming iPhone 11 or 11 Pro, set whatever your, it's set your white point. Yeah, you can set your white point. You can set a Siri routine mm -hmm. to do that as well. I haven't found, and I have been looking on Android, how to manipulate the... OLED okay. screens, uh, but just when I do find it, I will, set a white point, yeah, I mean, yes, I will okay. revisit this right. and to see how to reduce that sort of dim flicker okay. situation. So, yeah, so just I mean, what percentage of phones would we say have got OLED screens? I would say probably about ten percent. Uh, yeah, if you've bought a flagship phone for the last, yeah, so anything above ten years, grand, yeah. there's a good chance it's an OLED display. It's not guaranteed. Yeah. It's just a chance. Above ten thousand rand, eleven thousand, twelve thousand yeah. rand is where the OLED really usually starts. Mm. Yeah. Just okay. Kind of so if you if you if you use your phone in bed before you drop off to sleep, this is precisely the kind of thing that could actually be fundamentally affecting your your sleep quality. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then like other little tips is maybe try not using your phone when you go yes. to bed. Yes, I mean that's clearly the alternative. Read yes. or speak to your partner, like read an actual book. Or yeah. read a book to your partner. <laughs> <laughs> read a book to your partner. Um, okay. Yeah, try and like dim your lights progressively during the evening. Mm. So from about 7 o'clock. Yeah, like, yeah, that's more or less how we operate. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. Like, start cutting down on your light usage and that sort yeah. of stuff. Um, maybe take a bath by candlelight. <laughs> Except if you're in Cape Town, because then you're going to use up all the water. Yeah, okay. Um, other, other ideas <laughs> of, really protect, of protecting your eyes, Kevin? Um, Moisturizing? Oh, no. <laughs> um, um, I have set my phone to adjust its brightness at sunrise and sunset. Mm. That's just, you know, all the rest was just too complicated for me. So you can actually tell it, use the easy on the eyes mode at sunset from sunset onwards and from sunrise onwards. So that then overrides the adaptive brightness where the screen automatically adjusts its brightness based on the light in the room. This way it uses the warmer, sepia-toned screen color after sunset and, and jacks it back up to bright after sunrise. Mm. Mm. Awesome. That's a standard setting in Android. Cool. Okay. Gavin, take a lot, take treasure. Well, take lot's disappointed us a little, I feel, don't you think? Yeah, they, uh, so I got it in my brain 
because Hot Wheels has this awesome new Hot play system <laughs> that <laughs> might not be coming to South Africa mm. anytime soon. Uh-huh. And I was thinking about, and I was looking at my Meccano Mechanoid this mm. morning because it just stands in, the, in my office uh-huh. at home. You assembled it into a thing and it's too much hassle to assemble it into a new thing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was like, you know what? I think I need to get my kids some educational toys. Mm, interesting. Mm, so, Gavin, mm. what 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 are you playing with right now? I know you're always re- well, reviewing these sort of things. What's what's been striking for you this? Yeah, in I mean, I, I did uh, go through a series with the early Lego Mindstorms. Yeah. Um, it was. Let me tell you, I'm I'm, a, I'm an experienced Lego builder. It was extremely hard. <laughs> I have to tell you, getting it programmed with all the sensors and blah 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 it was extremely tough I guess maybe I was in a hurry I had limited free time if I was a kid I had nothing but free time I could take my time and it would be more rewarding I find the Lego Mindstorms very challenging Um, but then I saw a really fun smart toy DJI the premier droid um, droid uh, drone maker in the world has produced something called the RoboMaster S1 so the Robomaster S1 is exactly what it sounds like. It's a little tank that rides around, but it's pretty smart. It's got uh, little turrets, and it runs along on four wheels that allows it to actually turn in multiple directions. It's really quite marvelous. It does cost 7,400 Rand, but here's all the cool stuff it can do. Um, you control it from your phone, obviously. It, it, it drives and it's very, very maneuverable and it's got great little tracks so you can ride on just about any kind of surface. It fires little gel bullets from its cannon and the gel bullets when fired at another RoboMaster there are hot zones on the product where if you hit one of the zones it disables them for example um, there are little contact zones all over the uh, the tank um, it's got variable suspension so it's great you can watch the wheels go up and down as it goes over rough terrain and it has like an augmented reality overlay so when you battle with other people you can actually see effects going off it also has a an infrared laser cannon which is pretty cool used to shoot other other beast masters, the robo masters. Um, it's a really fun toy and it's actually very smart, but the advert was the most amusing thing to me. It starts off with these two incredibly Anglo-Saxon, waspy, blonde-haired, blue-eyed boys playing in their beautifully lit home with their two robo masters. They're crashing into each other, shooting each other down and so on. And then it cuts to this Asian father and his son and they're sitting programming the robo master, <laughs> which I thought quite amusing and indeed they come up with an incredibly sophisticated program for the RoboMaster that causes it to uh, I don't know, follow a track around the house and respond to obstacles and things it was just so funny culturally how that goes um, so that's the DJI RoboMaster S1 it's worth just looking at the video online yeah. 7400 Rand a very smart toy uh, and very sophisticated too so I have a Sphero at home, the original Sphero. Mm. It's a little ball that mm. you control via yeah, an app and yeah, you can yeah. make it do all sorts of things and it can go faster. And it's so a ball on. that you drive around. Yes, mm. <laughs> effectively. <laughs> <laughs> and it's water, it floats on water okay. as well, so you can drive it on your pool. <laughs> if you have a pool, yes. I don't have one. Um, so the Sphero Bolt app-enabled robot. So the Sphero Bolt is where you can kind of see the internal mechanisms of this. So it's kind of like a Segway inside of a sphere. So it's okay. like a, a Segway right. in a hamster cage, <laughs> in a hamster wheel. <laughs> and it can self-balance itself. Right, um, right. So the Sphero Bolt, the new one, has the, a layer of LED. So it has, I think it's 16 LED, so it's 8x8 eight eight, uh-huh. um, of LEDs. And you can program it to show different colors okay. if you're doing different speeds. Ah, or if you're turning, or like okay. all these sorts of things. It's a... It's, it's a it looks very novel and it looks very simple, but uh, the Sphero, what is the app called now? 
uh, Sphero Playgrounds, mm-hmm. I think, yes, app is has gone to a point now where you can integrate either scratch blocks, mm. so that's at MIT yeah. uh, rudimentary scratch coding system. Scratch is this kind of object-oriented programming, yeah. Or you can do actual JavaScript. Mm. So you can run like the certain JavaScripts okay. to make it do certain things, mm. and you can buy all these like add-on terrains and yes, tracks and okay. stuff for it cool. now. Cool. And it's, it's, a, it's an interesting way to figure out like very, very basic sort of mm. coding ideological Theory. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. I mean, Co- to basic coding theory through just. Yeah. Like I mean, we we interviewed a guy who's the kind of head of one of the programming divisions at Microsoft, and his point about programming languages is that actually programming is a way to look at the world. Yeah. How you solve problems through a flow chart and arrive at a result. Yeah. It does it does do this? If this, then that. If this, yes. then that. If this, then that. It's a way of actually solving problems in the problems in the real world. And this is how these simplistic programming languages work for these toys. Yeah. It allows kids to put together a sequence of um, events. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm a big fan of Sphero and it's now 3,000 Rand on Take-A-Lot. 3,000 Rand yeah. for a ball that you drive around <laughs> with, with lights. Cool, cool. That you can control via I mean, an it's, app. And it's not as bad as my, my, my tank for 7,400 Rand. <laughs> okay, but the ultimate geek toy in recent days has been the Raspberry Pi. And the only reason I bring this up, the Raspberry Pi is a tiny little computer uh, on a circuit board about yeah. the size of your hand. It's got USB inlets, outlets, numerous sensors. You can actually use it to do all sorts of amazing projects. And the only reason I'm bringing it up as the phrase, who ate my Raspberry Pi? The reason I bring it up is because I've never programmed a Raspberry Pi. And that's like a confession as one geek to all the geek listeners. I've never programmed a Raspberry Pi. Every geek I know has programmed a Raspberry Pi, except me. Yeah, so, so the Raspberry Pi 3 Christmas Model gift. B Plus starter ooh, kit ooh. is currently 1,700 Rand on Take-A-Lot. Yes, if you're looking for a techie project to get into and you're feeling a little bit handy and a little bit techie, look up Raspberry Pi. Find out what it's all about. It's a whole subculture. Yeah. Sorry, that price again? That is, uh, uh, I'll say it properly, 1669. Okay. So it's 1,600. That's for which model? The Raspberry Pi 3 Model B yes. Plus Starter Kit. Yes. It's just a little box that you can put it in as well. Yeah, this so is comes cool. With four USBs, uh, Ethernet in, and I think a Display Port or Wi-Fi? HDMI out. Yeah, it does have Wi Fi, right. Okay. I think they've just added Bluetooth to it. Ah, well yes, yes, very Pi important, 3. yes. So Raspberry Pi is the ultimate geek toy, especially for the grown up geek. Okay. Yeah, cool. That's, that's that. I, I have played around with Raspberry Pi. I did a whole series on makers mm. Um, mm. a couple of years back, and I did extensive Raspberry Pi projecting and little hackathons and those mm-hmm. sort of things. And yeah, I'm not not a big fan. Prefer uh. my things to come fully formed. Uh. Um, <laughs> it was harder than it in looked, a, was it? In a beautiful shell. Oh, was it harder than it looked? Uh, it's yeah. easier when you get the hang of it. But uh, dude, okay. I'm not going to start automating my pool pump. Yeah, so. yeah, and you can. You've got to have a lot of time on your hands for this kind of thing. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I know you always like want to run like a Raspberry Pi mini server at home or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you actually yeah. have a, a dormant computer that you use as yes, a server as, at the that moment, you could yeah. actually just trim Replace down. Replace with <laughs> a small handle device. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, what else is going on in your okay. life, Kevin? Okay, um, we are busy working on our lineup of products for our uh, November edition, which we consider our Christmas gifting guide. Well, we don't call it Christmas. We call it the festive gifting, gifting guide so that it's non-denominational and completely agnostic. Um, ah. 
The festive gifting guide is normally a range of tech spoils that you can get for people in your life or you can get for yourself and a whole bunch of very affordable tzatzkas you can get for people around you. So because every geek needs new stuff at Christmas, uh, do check out our gifting guide for budget ideas and our big product feature in that edition is also budget phones. So all phones around a thousand rand, two thousand rand, three thousand rand, that kind of thing. Maybe it's a starter phone for a teenager, maybe it's a replacement after you've lost your expensive phone. Maybe it's for a grandparent, a domestic worker, I don't know, something like that. Someone who doesn't need a high-end phone. Um, do look at our special on extremely affordable entry-level phones in our November issue, which comes out in October. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. I am Lindsay Shooters. I'm Sharp Shooters on social media. S-H-A-R-P-S-C-H-U-T-T-R-S. I am Lindsay, I'm thatopinionguy.co.za on the internet and on YouTube. And that's me for this week. And that's me too. Bye now. Yeah.